Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday. Yay. Yay. It's Monday. Yay. Monday, March 21st, and uh, the third week of Lent. So we, um, we are right in the heart of the Lenten season now. Um, yeah, about three and a half to go before we get to Easter. Um, and the theme for this week is uh, taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men, not counting their trespasses against them. So kind of the theme of reconciliation this week. Yeah. So our readings will kind of uh, be connected in some way to that, uh, to that theme of reconciliation. Good morning. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope you had a chance to worship yesterday on the Lord's Day. Um, we had a good time of worship at Bayside. It was fun. Um, people are starting to come back, man, and a lot of new people, but a lot of a lot of folks, you know, that haven't seen in a little while. Um, the uh, sanctuary is starting to fill up again. It's nice to see as we move towards Easter. Um, yeah, hope you're doing well. Good morning, Lorna. Good morning, Angie. Amanda, greetings, everybody. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're reading our, our readings because we're we're kind of going through this um, lectionary reading through the Christian calendar, and so we are now in the third week of Lent, as I said. And so today's readings are from Jeremiah chapter seven, Romans chapter four, and John chapter seven. Jeremiah seven, John, uh, Romans four, and John chapter seven, the Gospel of John. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we read and we just see what the Lord has to say to us. It's unscripted. There's no plan other than to just to spend some time in God's word and see what he uh, see what he says. So thank you guys for being on. It's awesome. You guys are starting off your Monday morning the right way together and in God's word. So let's do it. Jeremiah chapter seven. You know what we do? We read. We pray. We change the world. So right at the beginning of chapter 7, we're going to be reading through verse 15, 7, 1 through 15 in Jeremiah. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. So he's uh, you know at the temple and he's, the Lord gives him this message to proclaim. Hear the word of the Lord. All you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the Lord God of Israel, says. Reform your ways, your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Can you imagine someone standing outside of church, you know, as people are coming in? Hear the word of the Lord. You're in the parking lot walking from your car to the front door. Someone's out there. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah. 
who come through these gates to worship the Lord. Reform your ways. <laughs> Reform your actions. You know, this, uh, again, this kind of goes back to the purpose of Lent. It's a chance for us to look at our ways, right? Look at our ways, look at our actions, and see if there's some actions or ways that, you know, are unbecoming of a child of God. And so we ask ourselves, you know, maybe I've, maybe I've picked up some ways, maybe I've picked up some actions that are unbecoming of a child of God. And so during the, the season of Lent, it's a good time to do a little sp a spiritual spring cleaning. But could you imagine being at the steps of the church and, you know, prophets stand, reform your ways. That's what Jeremiah was told to do, to stand at the gate of the temple. Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words. Hmm and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Um, you, so just strictly relying on uh, the temple as sort of a, a lucky rabbit's foot is the wrong attitude. <laughs> uh, come on, y'all. You know some people go to church and treat it like it's a superstition, like a rabbit's foot. Well, you know, I, I got to go to church because, uh, you know, this might like, my rabbit's foot like nothing bad's gonna happen I go to church so like and i know i did all this during the week but i but i went to church and and jeremiah's like no no no, no. it's not a it's not a superstition it's not like you know just you know just hang across from your rearview mirror and you know keeps the, the eebie-jeebies away <laughs> no 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 it's a relationship with the living god it's a relationship it's a vibrant active uh, life-giving relationship with the living God. It's not dead religion. It's not worthless religion. It's not worthless idols. Uh, it does no good just to have a temple in the city. No, it is no good just to have a building, a quote church building in a neighborhood. You got to have vibrant, living, active people of God who are living testimonies to the goodness of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, man. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, this is. Do not trust in deceptive words saying, this is the temple this is the, of the Lord, the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not trespass, or I'm sorry, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Hmm. It, it's, it's tempting to do that, right? Like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus back then, so I can, I'm, I'm going to live any way I want to live now. I'm going to, you know, treat people any way, you know. What the Lord's telling, showing, speaking through Jeremiah is like, wait, wait. You gotta look at your look at your behavior, look at your life, look at your your attitudes and actions. Is it truly indicative of a of a living, active relationship with God? You know, you should, some folks are like, I've you know, faithful attendance to this, or they're member card carrying members of this organization or this religious organization, or they financially support this organization or that organization, or they have a kid that goes to is a part of this ministry or that ministry. That's all fine, but what does your life look like? <laughs> what, what, you know, don't 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 uh, don't rely on deceptive religion. 
It's about a life-giving, living relationship with Jesus. Verse 9, will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name, and say we're safe? He's like, you crazy. <laughs> he says, you flat out crazy. You flat out crazy. If you, if you do all that, it's just as people say, you know, it's that claim to be Christian in name only, right? I'm, I love Jesus. Really? I mean, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying there are sometimes people, you look at people's lives and you're like, there's nothing about your life that tells me Jesus is a priority. Right? Now, the good self-reflection there is when people look at our lives, is it obvious to people looking at our lives that Jesus is a priority? Hmm. Good, good question today, y'all. As people look at my life and they look at your life, can they tell by looking at our lives, observing our lives, that Jesus is a priority? That, that the house of God is a priority? So they're saying, you know, we do all these things. What Jeremiah's point out, you, you, you're living ungodly, the, the people of Israel at this time. We're living ungodly, and they're like, but we, but we have the house of the Lord. I mean, we have the house of the Lord. Yeah, we worship the idols. <laughs> we, we're burning incense to Baal. And we treat people like dirt, and we, we're not fair, and we oppress the foreigner, but you know, but we do have the temple, you know, in town. <laughs> and and he's like, and you think you're safe? You think that's you think that that is sort of like a, a lucky a, a rabbit's foot that is gonna keep judgment from coming upon you? No, 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 no. <laughs> and and no work like that. Doesn't work like that. We are safe, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? Mm, that sounds familiar. Remember Jesus turning over the money changers, the tables? This, uh, this should be a house of prayer for all nations, and you made it a den of robbers. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Oh, snap. The Lord's been watching. Verse 12. Go now to the public place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. So he's like, I'm going to give you a little history lesson here. Let me give you a little history lesson. If uh, Go back and see what happened to Shiloh where I first revealed my name. You think it was a special place to me? Of course it was. I did a mighty thing there. But people uh, became wicked. Do you think their wickedness was... Left unjudged, mm, go check it out and see for yourself. Verse 13, while you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again. You did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did in Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave to you and your ancestors. Ooh, because, mm -mm -mm. man, we don't trust in the temple. Right, we don't trust in material things. You see, it be, it, what had happened? This is this is crazy. But the temple itself had become an idol to the people of God. Hmm. Come on, some of you know that you've been around church long enough to know that sometimes articles in the church building can become idols. Things that were originally meant to be a worship offering to God have become become idols. Man, there there are uh, there are pews that have become idols. There are. Uh, communion tables that have become idols. There are, man, look, we, we, had, we had, we've had 
we've had um we've had tables in the lobby that have become idols. <laughs> Don't touch it. Like, wait a minute. These things are supposed to be serving a greater purpose. And here, this the temple itself, God is saying through Jeremiah, the temple itself had become an idol. You thought just because you have the, the temple there, it's gonna, it's sort of that in itself, in and of itself, is a holy thing. No, 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 no. Those things should be leading us and prompting us and, and facilitating our worship of the true God. And that's not the same, man. Right? It's not the same thing. Just like going to church, right? Church is a great thing. What we did, what many of us did yesterday, gathering uh, together and worship in a, in a, in a, many of us in a church building is a great thing. But the building isn't the article or the object of worship. God is. The building just facilitates the gathering of the people of God to worship God. It, it should never be worshiped. The temple can become an idol. There's a lot of church buildings, right? You guys know this, man. You've seen it too. A lot of church buildings have become idols. There's nobody in there with a, there's very few people in there with a living, active, vibrant relationships with God, but the building, don't mess with the building, man. The building is sacred. <laughs> and that's exactly what Jeremiah is saying. Like, wait a minute. No, it's about helping people worship and adore God. And it's about us, you know, that, that's what true religion is, right? It's a life-giving uh, worship and relationship with uh, the living God. You can't have a dead religion with a living God. Come on, somebody. You can't have a dead religion with a living God. Oh, he only does living. He's the God of the living, not the dead. That's what he said. All right, let's jump over to Romans. Let's talk about Romans. Romans chapter 4. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. So glad to have you guys on. Well, afternoon, whenever you listen to the podcast. Some of you guys are listening to it later, so I know it's not morning. Um, but the live is morning, so welcome, everybody. Romans chapter 4, verses, uh, that's what we're, what we're reading here. 1 through 12. 4, 1 through 12. Uh, this is the conversation of uh, being justified. What makes us righteous? Is it uh, works, works or grace? And how does that work? Talking about Abraham here. Chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say um, that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, uh, discovered in this matter? That was Abraham justified by faith or by works? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So what caused Abraham to be considered righteous? Not his action, not the fact that he began to walk in obedience, but that he believed. He believed what God said, and because he believed, he obeyed. But what came first? The belief. The belief. The trust. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Uh, when you earn when you earn a wage, it's that's not a gift, right? It's a, it's not a gift. You've earned that money. You've earned that that those wages. However, to the one who does not work but trusts God, trust God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited credited as righteousness. 
David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from the works. Blessed are those who, whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin in the Lord will never count against them. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? Is it for Jew and Gentile alike or just for the Gentiles? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised? Watch this. Or before? It was not after, but before. So here, Paul's making this really amazing point. He's saying, look, uh, we, we, you know, if you want to talk about what justifies someone, go back to our, our founder of our faith. That is Abraham. Uh, and what justified Abraham? If 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 we if we have to be if we have to be circumcised, if we have to undergo the religious laws to be made right, then um, then we got some we got to we got to we got to understand what's going on with uh, with Abraham because Abraham was it was credited to him as righteousness before the law was even given, before there even was a law, before there was Moses and the law and all the ceremonial ritual, before all of that. Abraham was considered righteous. So then he is the father of all who believe. But we have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So everyone who believes is following the footsteps of Abraham. They're just like Abraham. The circumcision of the heart, belief, trust. That's what God is after. Not dead, worthless religion, guys, right? Dead is that, uh, God is, <laughs> wow. God is after life giving, uh, his vibrant relationship with him. Not dead religion, not dead ritual. Belief, trust, walking in obedience with him. All right, let's jump over to the gospel, gospel of John chapter 7, verses 14 through 26. Welcome, everybody. We're in the middle of Lent, man. We're digging into the Word of God. We're seeing what God has to say to us today because we read, we pray, we change the world. So let's, uh, let's see what the gospel has to say. Chapter 7, verse, we'll be reading 14 through 36. The gospel of John 7, 14 through 36. Now, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and began to teach. The Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet no one, not yet not one of you keep the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Hmm. You're demon possessed, the crowd answered. Who is who is who is trying to kill you? Jesus said, I did one miracle and you were all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath, 
so that the law of Moses may be may not be broken. Why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Mm. Jesus is cutting straight to the heart, the heart of religion, the heart of it, the heart of this whole temple structure. What's it about, guys? Is it about just keeping laws that that are sort of arbitrary, or is it about this relationship with God, which is what it should be about. And anyone who's seeking the truth, Jesus says, is going to see that, see this. It's going to see that I am preaching the truth. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. If you're seeking the glory of God, we see that Jesus is telling us the truth. Verse 25. At this point, some of the people at Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? Like, So they're like, wait a minute. Like, I thought they were trying to kill him, but they aren't really doing anything. It's like right here in broad daylight. So maybe they've become convinced that he's Messiah. Hmm. But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still speak, still speak, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. Again, Jesus claiming to be God. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Yep, all the time, all over the place. He does it again right here. At this, they tried to seize him. Why did they try to seize him? Because he just claimed to be God. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd crowd believed him. They said, "When the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man?" In other words, what else could he do to prove that he's Messiah? Just look at all the miracles he's done. It's beyond it's on beyond dispute. They said, "Those those who believed." Verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go, will, will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Hmm. He's going to heaven. (laughs) He's going to the Father. I'm going to read this last part, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Wow. Wow. Rivers of living water. That's what living relationship with God. If you want dead religion, Jesus is, you are not going to be interested in Jesus. But anyone who really seeks the glory of God, come to Jesus, and out of him or her will flow streams of what? Living water. Not stagnant, dead, worthless, stanky water, (laughs) but life giving water, streams of living water. That's the kind of relationship with God. Jesus encourages and rewards. Yeah. 
Hey, man, some of you may need that living water today. That may be what you need. You need living water, not dead religion. Dead religion never helped anyone. Just frustrates people. Keeps people out. Keeps people away. But life-flowing, life-giving religion or relationship, life-giving relationship with God is what we need. Yeah. All right, y'all. Hey, let's go out today and let's, uh, let's live in that stream, that stream of living water. Um, and so, hey, let's pray, y'all. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for the fact that you didn't come to establish a religion, but to uh, reconcile a relationship. And uh, we thank you for the relationship that we have with the Father because of you, Jesus. And uh, Lord, we pray that streams of living water would, would flow out of us, life. Lord, as we interact with our friends and neighbors, they would look at us and they would see that, that you're a priority, Jesus, that you're a priority in our lives, that you are the source of our hope and our joy. And out of that, we can offer hope and joy and peace to others. Lord, may, uh, may people see Jesus in us today. Lord, we, uh, we throw down all our idols. We cast down all the idols, all those things we worship in place of you, Lord. We, we cast them all down and lift you up as, um, as sovereign, as Lord, as good. And um, Lord, may you uh, refresh our hearts. Maybe my friends today, maybe there are some who need refreshed. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would refresh them today um, like, a, uh, like a stream through a desert land that you would birth forth life and hope and joy in their spirits today. Lord, thank you for all your goodness. We ask that you would go with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. I hope you guys have a great Monday. I hope you have a great week. I hope the Lord um, is, uh, is really close to you and you sense his presence and his power. He loves you. He's for you. I hope you know that. And uh, I always love to hear from you. So if you want to give me some feedback about the podcast, you can do that at Bible Study Podcast 2020. Bible Study Podcast 2020. That's when we started this thing back in 2020. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you for liking, pushing the, uh, the, the like button, subscribe button, all those things. I really appreciate that. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.